0: It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I have lovely, lovely guest Cheryl Paul here. And she is Wisdom of Anxiety on Instagram. And I've fallen in love with her take on the idea of anxiety and just how it affects us. And I wanted to have her on to talk to us about anxiety around being a mom and being a dad and how much there is and what do we do with it. Cheryl, what do we do? What do we do?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a vast, huge all-encompassing question because I think there's different anxiety at different stages. I think the anxiety starts preconception and continues into pregnancy and birth. And, and then it's anxiety about your baby and your toddler. And every stage carries its own anxiety, its own worry, our own concerns for our children and our anxiety about ourselves. Am I a good enough mother is one of the top anxieties that shows up. Am I doing it right? Am I going to mess up my children? And I like to tell people,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) Yes to all of those. You're good enough and you're doing it right. And yes, you will mess up your children in some way because that's just part of it. And I think when we know that and accept that, it releases some pressure for us to have to be perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. And I think what you model so beautifully a lot, Michelle, is that we are meant to mess up and that part of what we're modeling for our children is that we can mess up and then make the repair and be accountable and apologize and say, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry I lost it. I'm sorry I blew it. I'm sorry I shamed you. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. I did the things that I'm going to do, even though I know better, but they're going to come out as mothers, as parents. So there's that sort of top layer, big anxiety around worthiness and good enough and perfection and especially people who tend to follow my work, there's a lot of highly, highly sensitive people who are highly conscientious and highly moral and highly responsible and prone to perfectionism and really want to just get this right. And so I think that there's some, a lot of self-compassion required in being a parent to say, I'm not going to get it just right. I'm going to get it good enough. And we're only meant to be good enough mothers, good enough parents. That's all we can do is be good enough. And that's actually all our children need. They don't need us to be perfect. And that doesn't even exist. There is no perfect parenting. It does not exist. Just like there's no perfect partner and no perfect house and no perfect job and no perfect Christmas. And, you know, it just does, those things don't exist. But when we fall short and when we mess up and then we make repairs, we are then giving that template to our children to say, you will mess
0: up too in this life. And you will fall short too in this life. Yeah, I think that's so important because our parents, I mean, my parents, I don't know about everybody else's, but I know there's quite a few parents out there. They didn't apologize when they messed up. And so I think we believe, I'm messing my kids up as bad as I was messed up but we're not we are making no. a huge difference in just repairing i mean could you imagine if your mom said if my mom said oh i'm sorry it was my fault i would have fallen <laughs> over i would have been like you're the best mom i've ever met in my entire life like God, thank you you know well, and what that does
1: to reduce the shame and reduce a child's natural propensity to think everything's my fault and if my mom's yelling it's my fault and if my mom's shaming me it's my fault yeah and so that just that alone is huge right it's a, Huge departure from how most of us were parented. Yeah. Carrying the lion's share of burden and responsibility that everything is my fault. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. unless it is explicitly stated, I'm sorry, I blew it. I'm having a hard day. I'm really tired. It is not your fault. It is not you. Yeah. I am sorry. Yeah. Unless that is explicitly stated, the child will just
0: assume because that's what kids do. And if you're getting mad when a kid has a certain behavior, then of course they have no other deduction than to assume I made mommy mad and now she's not doing well and it's my fault. Exactly. I made mommy mad. And
1: even if mommy's getting mad and it has nothing to do with you, there's still that tendency for children, especially sensitive children to think, I must have done something wrong. I don't know what it was, but somehow mommy's moods, her sadness or her grief or her depression or her anger or her frustration is always my fault. So there's that piece of parenting anxiety about about worthiness as a parent and worry about messing up your kids. And then there's all these different layers of, are my kids going to be okay? Are they safe in the world? And kids getting sick and kids taking risks and kids... I mean, we both have teenage kids at this point. And so
0: That's a whole different... (laughs) 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 So risk-taking is like on top level of risk-taking. I sell your son flies, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's that, it's hard.
1: It's hard. And one of the quotes that I read early on, I think it was in my first pregnancy, maybe my second was in Pam England's book, um, Birthing from Within. Mm -hmm. And it was just one line, worry is the work of motherhood. and. I thought, okay, so we're not trying to get rid of worry. It's the work of motherhood. It's ours to work with and find responsible ways to work with the worry, the anxiety, the fears. Everything that comes with this big ball of parenting and loving these beings more than life is ours to work with so that we can let our son fly if that's his passion in life. Because it's my anxiety, not his. And so that's a different layer of parenting anxiety is working enough with our own anxieties around our kids becoming themselves and launching into the world and being fully who they are, whether it's, gosh, I really thought my kid was going to be a baseball player and now she's turning out to love cooking or whatever it is, you know. So it's like getting ourselves out of the way enough. And our own anxiety and working with those places, our own unlived lives, there's a great quote by Carl Jung, nothing has a stronger influence psychologically on their children than the unlived life of the parents.
0: Oh my God, that, I find this so, I mean... He won't do piano lessons. I, I want him to be a piano player. I need them to be in an activity. I, I mean, I did it myself. I wanted my daughter to be a golfer. I don't have any idea why. I don't <laughs> know sense. what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. It was in my fiber. She was going to be a golfer. Yes. And so at three, she's taking golfing lessons. And mm-hmm. my dad's taking her because I don't golf, but I want her to do it. Right. Which yes. makes no sense. It probably makes some sense somehow, but somewhere, yes. if I got deep in there, yes. I think it would make sense. Yes, Maybe my dad's a golfer. Uh-huh. I wanted to connect with that's him, where I Never went. had the connection, right? Mm-hmm. So I was going to have them have the connection, which we can circle back to that in a minute. But she came home the you know after like a couple months of doing it, and she was like, "I'm not doing your golfing," and you know why? Nobody asked me how my what my they, nobody asked me about my outfit. <laughs> and I was like, so great. this child is her own child. Her and own I better, I better just recognize because that is not... That's, that's right.
1: They are their own people. And our job is to have enough consciousness to get our own agendas out of the way that then does create anxiety if we're not working with it consciously. And so, yeah, our son who's now 18 and who is a pilot and started flying when he was 13... That was a tremendous amount of anxiety and still is to, for me to own and work with in whatever practices and support systems I have so that I can let him fly. And it's a metaphor. We're all here to basically let our children fly. That's, that's our job as parents. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a different shift. Again, talking about how the model has shifted. That's not how most of us were raised. Like mo- for most of human history, we were here to do our parents bidding, to be their little workers, to live out their unlived lives. If mommy wasn't, you know, an undeveloped opera singer, (laughs) like frustrated opera singer, then that daughter, you better believe, was
0: going to be a professional opera singer. Well, that's right. And that goes back to the golf thing. I just had a client recently too. He became a musician because his dad was a musician because he said, my dad wouldn't talk to me unless I became a musician, literally. Yes. I think it's huge. It's a drive for connection.
1: Yes. And we're shifting out of that. I think a lot of us um, to recognize our children are their own beings. And our job is to work with our own stuff so that they can be their own beings, even if it terrifies us, even if it makes us sad, even if it, that that is the pathway to connection, to staying connected to our kids is
0: to actually support who they are, not who we want them to be. Well, yeah, if you just force them to do golf and play piano just because <laughs> the connection just gets... I mean, I try to tell the folks like the connection's rupturing every time you make that kid practice if they don't want to do it. Is it worth it?
1: Yes. Is it worth it? And then there's that that tender, fine, tricky line of the kid actually wants to do it, but their own anxiety is getting in the way. Their own fear of perfectionism. failure, perfectionism, yeah. self-consciousness. All of and there's some drive, even if what's coming out is I don't want to go to karate, but you actually, as their parent, are tuned in enough to see, no, there's a real there's a real gift here and a drive here and a yeah. and a passion. And so that's that much more subtle layer of this isn't my agenda, but I see that this is really actually good for you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To put this time in and work with. Your own with your children's anxiety. And that's a whole other conversation of kids
0: being anxious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you get them through that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's
1: anxiety all around. Well, there is. And it's really heightened these days. There's more anxiety, I think, than ever all around. And I think even more heightened since COVID and all the COVID layers of anxiety. And how do you keep your children connected in the world when the world has become at least in some ways, a more risky place to be in. And so there's been a huge upsurge. I mean, most therapists who work with kids are completely filled with long, long waiting lists these days since COVID. And so there is anxiety. There's anxiety all around. There's our own and there's our children's and there's just everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. But I think with also with that anxiety, that some of our anxiety comes around this awareness of who we are and how we're participating in the world and like taking responsibility for our actions. I mean, doing all that work creates some anxiety in itself. You could just operate like, no, my kids will behave this way and I will make them do these things. And it, in some ways being dogmatic like that, there is less anxiety if you can get through it. I
1: often wonder about that. Where does that go? I think this parenting model of staying connected and staying tuned in and having those hard, hard interactions instead of just go to your room, you know? yeah, we are being asked to sit with really uncomfortable emotions. Sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes it's just, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah, This is hard. There's a lot of frustration being expressed my way. And, yeah. you know, it's hard to just, it's hard to tolerate. Um, You know, even when like my kids were really young and those big, huge emotions in the toddler stage of, being able to to sit with i mean just the sheer volume of like it's oh, really loud wow.
0: uh huh the loud fights against everything that we were told as kids like you'll be quiet and behaved and if your kid's acting this way like something must be wrong and so then we're fighting against that undercurrent of is this acceptable
1: yes and I think that's another layer of anxiety of of forging into a new model that is relatively new yeah this kind of Connected parenting, positive parenting, parenting without rewards and punishment. That is, I mean, I don't know, you would know, but it seems like only in the past couple of decades has this...
0: Well, Patty Whistler, where I was trained in hand-in-hand parenting, she's been doing it for 45 years.
1: Okay. So when is it like really hit the more mainstream?
0: Yeah, I would say you're, you're more correct, like 20 years maybe. hmm Right. So it's only this generation that's being
1: raised. Yeah. Right now we are the first parents, right? In any kind of numbers to be raising our children against the current of what like thousands of years. Oh, yeah. Of parenting model that this is the way you do it. And you basically shame and punish your kids into submission. Yeah. And that's it. You know, and you're raising like little soldiers. Um, who have zero emotional capacity and intelligence and ability to connect. And so it's kind of a leap of faith to say, right, there's that level of anxiety of, oh my gosh,
0: I am straying so far. Am I ruining them? Are they going to be entitled? Will they be able to handle emotionality later in life? I get these questions all the time. Will they be independent? Will they be... Because if I keep my kid in bed... And so I think at
1: this juncture, I mean, it's something I like to share because I have an 18-year-old and a 13-year-old and my 18-year-old is absolutely thriving as much as a human being could thrive. And he was as attached, as anxious, fearful, sensitive, overwhelmed of a child that you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. He had every fear. He had every anxiety. We kept him so close, despite family members and other friends saying, you're going to traumatize it. How is he going to learn how to be
0: social? How is he going to learn how to share? How is he going to learn?
1: Well, I guess he's
0: just going to learn those things in his own time. Let's just keep his emotionality in check and we'll we'll worry about sharing later. Sharing. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, much
1: later. And that came in much later for him. But it was when it came in, it was so genuine. It wasn't like, and now you have to share your toys. No, it was, I feel moved to give my friend this thing. And he's such a generous, kind, emotionally intelligent human being who lives according to his own North Star, who is as independent and adventurous as a human could possibly be. I mean, this was a child who did not leave my side for years and years. I breastfed forever. I co-slept forever. We we co-slept forever. And I don't even give timelines because I'm like, you just do it for as long as your child
0: needs you and was, is within your capacity because well, your needs the matter thing. too. If it feels mm-hmm. good to you and it feels right. There's that's no, right. There's no year or time. Or there's you, no year or time. Co-sleep or you don't co-sleep or you breastfeed or you don't... I mean, that stuff, there's no rules around it.
1: There's no rules. There's no right or wrong. It feels right to you and it feels yeah. good to your kid and it's working. Then just do it while it's working and you'll... And it's like, it's. It, it's such a test of self-trust all along the way parenting, right. mothering according to your own if you're not following a formula yeah. or what the pediatrician says, it's it's really a challenge in self-trust just to, mm-hmm. to keep checking in along the way.
0: Have you been dying to get one of your parenting questions answered? You're in luck. I just began offering an Instagram subscription. We have a private daily chat where I help parents navigate the stickiness of connected parenting. I post videos to help folks further understand the ideas of connection and I go live once a week answering everyone's parenting questions. It's only 4.99 a month and you can cancel anytime. Head over to the Peace and Parenting IG page and click the subscriptions button on the main page to join today. I can't wait to see you there. I feel like a lot of parents will ask me questions like, well, what do I do if this happens? And I'm happy to answer them because I too, like Mike, I need to I need an answer sometimes, you know? But yes. I think it's more like, are you nurturing the relationship you're sharing with your child and the relationship you have with yourself? And then that's your guiding light, right? That is your guiding light.
1: And it's your guiding that connection is what guides all the way through and is also medicinal for the anxiety. And like I think one of the deepest anxieties in parenting is watching children grow up and letting them go. Yeah. Right? So... Kill me, deep in my heart and soul. Yeah. So we're in the like seven month countdown now, eight month countdown before
0: our son goes to college. Oh, he's going. He's going. (laughs) He's going. And Mine's going in a year, in a year and a half, in a year and eight months. Uh Uh-huh. So she's a junior. So he's a senior and this is it. We're in our life. And it's like, I
1: have wept rivers. And he sees some of that and then some of that I just keep mm-hmm. to myself or process with somebody else. But what makes it almost okay, I'm really not in favor of this plan where you pour yourself into your children and then they're right. like, Thanks. Bye. I'm here.
0: Thanks for all the garbanzo beans and hugs. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I am not down with this plan either. No, I was no, like you see LA's right down the street. You don't have to go anywhere.
1: We're like, see you boulder. Yeah. Really good aerospace engineering. He's like, no way. I am going to the one of the coasts. He's like, all about the coast. So like he's going and he's going far away. Yeah. And it's not a car ride. And so it is a brutal, tragic plan for parents. And almost like the more attached you are, in some way, the more painful it is. But also I think it is medicinal for the anxiety around them growing up because what i know so deep inside and our son wants to be an astronaut so like this is just the beginning right he's he has big plans to go as far humanly away as humanly <laughs> so far, possible literally <laughs> and beyond to mars like he's he's big but the thing that has gotten me through is that our connection has never severed it has never severed even as he's like you know exploring mm-hmm. now and off and with friends and peers and all of these, he's, he always comes back. Yeah. If a few days go by and we haven't really connected, he like, I miss you. You know, like we, is so sweet. He's, he needs it just as much as I do. Yeah. And even though it's much smaller doses now, it's like, I know that no matter how far he goes, that thread, that invisible umbilical cord will always connect. That can stretch as far as the universe.
0: Yeah, that's Um, so
1: beautiful. Yeah.
0: And so it helps with the anxiety of like, they're going, they're growing. That's it. We need that. You know, well, the other one thing I was thinking with Esme, because she'll be leaving soon, is that I think I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to be okay only because I trust her now, right? Because I've allowed her to make the mistakes. I've allowed her to really explore herself, take the risks, do the things. And now I realize guess what? She does make the right decision when push comes to sub. Yes, she does come to me when something goes bad. And I know that she has a moral fiber and whatever. And so I know when she gets to college that she's going to exercise that because she's been allowed to practice it at home because there are no punishments and rewards and that kind of thing, keeping her in line, you know, kind of artificially. Yes. I think that too about connected parenting.
1: Yeah. The trust is huge. And I feel that too. It's like trusting them to go out into the world reduces the anxiety mm-hmm. about them going out into the world and messing up. They will mess up, but they have they have a GPS inside. They have like a, a writing system where they will write themselves when they wobble. They will yeah. find their center again. The other piece I want to say about anxiety is to me, anxiety and grief are deeply entwined and that the less we allow ourselves to grieve, The more anxious we tend to become. And so there is grieving every step of the way in becoming a parent, being a parent, letting your children go, watching them grow up. Each of the stages and ages, there's joy and there's grief. And one thing I often say is that grief and joy live in the same chamber of the heart. And so the more we allow ourselves to open to the grief, you know, whether it's like your baby just turned one and you're remembering that the whole baby stage and those little tiny, footsie socks and the little, like all those clothes and all of those stages. It's just, it's like, boom, Mm -hmm. it's gone. Mm -hmm. And to let yourself weep through that so that you can celebrate, oh, and my baby's won and how incredible and they're taking their first step and they're saying their first words and there's grief and joy and grief and gratitude every day. Yeah. Every day, yeah, and I'm in this heightened window now of I feel the grief every day, and I let myself feel it in appropriate ways, and then it moves through, and I'm so it's so exciting also to get the college acceptance letters and to get the scholarship letters and to get like there's so much excitement and joy, and for him, it's all joy, even though he will, of course, be sad to go,
0: but for him, it's just a launching
1: of my like, yeah.
0: He's so excited to get and I, to college. Do we? I mean, do we grieve too? I mean, I feel like I'll grieve this all this time and effort and this work I've done. Like it's almost like, oh, you now it's, it's all over. You did it all. You you changed your whole life. You reinvented yourself. Yes, you went on this deep journey and now that journey is coming to an end. Maybe another journey will start, but that's it. Well, I think that's the biggest piece of what you just said. Another journey
1: will start. Better. And we don't. It, <laughs> it has to because that's also them leaving coincides with our midlife passage and which is all about our next birthing and we're it's not who are we going to birth next it's what are we going to birth next right mm-hmm. and what is the next baby project that starts mm-hmm. to gestate in their teenage years what's the next creative project mm-hmm. that may not have so much to do with parenting anymore But it's not for nothing. It's like everything we've put ourselves into, then we get to watch them. Like we're saying, these well adjusted, connected, trustworthy human beings. Well, there they, there they go. Yay. That was all worth it. And now we get these huge chunks of selfhood and time Mm -hmm. back to sit with and churn and gestate inside because something else will be born.
0: Oh, yay. Yes. Now I'm excited. I don't know yes. what it's going to be, Cheryl. No. Now I'm going to start manifesting some things. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good to do that. I think while children are still at home yeah. so that it's not just a like... No, but... no. I Yeah. It has. <laughs> right. Well, we still have little ones. You have one the same age as mine, right? 13. I, mine just turned 14 this month.
1: So yeah. 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 And will be 14 in April. So yeah. yeah.
0: So we still have those youngers pouring yeah. ourselves into them. But we can feel it, you know? Yeah, it's no, like, I can't. It's shifted. They don't need me as much. They're not mm-hmm. around as much. I'm just like, That's I'm waiting right. for people to eat dinner with me and <laughs> I know. asking if anyone wants to sleep with me. And everyone <laughs> says <know>. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's already happening. I want to circle back. Just one more thing that I thought about is this idea of like, being the perfect parent, right? Mm-hmm. And am I doing it wrong? And and I feel like so many of us worry that we're messing our kids up. I hear that a lot. I already messed my kids up. I, I get messages from people who have six-year-olds that say, is it too late? Mm. And I'm like, oh no, you poor sweet thing. No, it's not too no. late. It just started. No. You're all good. And the, But people really worry in that way because they have gotten into this perfectionism and idealism and I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But I, for me, I know I did that too. I still do it obviously sometimes, but is it this departure from like the idea of shame and that we live in this world of where we're always feeling shamed for what we've done? And I don't know. Yes. Yes. I think there has always been, and
1: I think it's more so than ever, an impossible expectation of being the perfect mother that's, that's out there that there really is some, some messaging out there that there that you can be a perfect mother and that you're supposed to be all things and all nurturing and all loving and never lose your temper and always be attuned and never mess up and never shame and, you know, all of these things. And so there's, because there's such, there there's so much passion around, this is the way it's done. Like you have to co-sleep. And if you didn't co-sleep, you messed up your kid. Or if you let your kid cry it out, they're damaged forever. And, mm-hmm. and what I tell people is, no, parenting is 5 billion interactions over the course of our lifetime with our children. You can prepare with a 35 year old grown yes. child, right? It's yes. never too late. So you may have caused some harm. I'm, you did cause some harm. We all have caused some harm because we're just humans. We're going to cause some harm. Yeah. And it's never too late to course correct to make repairs, to read books, to go to therapy, to have your kid go to therapy, if that's what's needed, to, you know, get very real and curious about, okay, where did I met if we're if we're looking at our mistakes through that shame lens, yeah, we're just adding
0: more shame. You know, we're just shutting ourselves down. It's Well, I think that's too, a lot of people will say, well, this, this is this post or whatever, I'm just using Instagram because it's my world right now. But this post Mm -hmm. is so shaming and it's made me feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. It's so sad and unfortunate. I I would hope that, you know, no one, nobody puts stuff out to, you know, want to shame other parents, but that we're taking it that way because society has set us up to believe that if we're wrong, that we've, you know, taken this wrong turn and everything's ruined.
1: That's right. It's a very black and white way of thinking. And we tend to be black and white in our thinking, especially sensitive people, but you know, especially parents. It's either this, it's either all this or all that. And it's not like that. It's there's so many shades of gray in our relationship with our children. There's room to mess up and and it's not black and white. One kid might be fine crying for three hours and they're, you know, or 20 minutes or whatever. And another kid, no, it's it it does cause harm. And so it's not. Like there's only one way to parent. And if oh. you don't do it that way, your kids are screwed forever. It's not like that. Yeah. But to be able to be self-reflective and examine and say, oh, okay, maybe I did really mess up there. I am going to now through a lens of self-compassion, not through a lens of shame, if I'm this horrible person, I'm a horrible person, I'm a horrible parent. Yeah. Through self-compassion to say, everybody messes up. Mm-hmm. We all set out to do the best we can and now from this vantage point and juncture, maybe with some new information that I've just learned, how can I make repairs course correct, do it differently?
0: Yeah, totally. Right? With gentleness. Because nobody was gentle with us either. You know, well, I'm not going to say nobody, but a lot of our families weren't gentle with us. And so we were yes. harsh. We're harsh on ourselves. Very
1: harsh. Yeah.
0: Yes. Very, very harsh. Me and that's too. I'm-, I'm harsh with myself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the most important pieces to be practicing yeah. is that gentleness for yourself, but also to be modeling that for yeah. your children of like, oh, wow, I I really messed up there. Yeah. I'm you know, so sorry. And, and to keep asking for, for... I ask my kids for forgiveness for things. Like, mm-hmm. I messed up. Will you forgive me? And, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And there's, you know, there was a situation that happened years and years ago that my younger son still remembers... And for years, I would ask him, will you forgive me? And for years, he said, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I
0: was like, okay. okay, Fair enough. Maybe someday. Well, you know, I say it all the time. Esme will be like, you're not doing a really good job. I don't think you should, you know, really be a parenting coach. (laughs) (laughs) You're not not cutting it, honey. And I'm like, fair enough. I'll be blogging about that tomorrow. (laughs) You know, about my mess ups here. Tell me more. Right.
1: But eventually it was just this last year I asked him, I'm like, I'm going to ask you again, will you please forgive me? And, and he said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And for him too, like, it's like teaching about the process of forgiveness and what it is to hold, to hold grudges and to hold, and sometimes you just have to hold on to it and that's okay. Right. And I was going to let him hold on for as long as he needed to. Yeah, but you know, our children have a voice. That's the other thing. It's like for Esme to say, like, you think you're a parenting coach? And our son has totally said that to us, like, and you think you're a therapist? Like, you don't even know how to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, okay. yeah,
0: I can help okay. other people, sometimes not myself. I have a, I just yes. don't you understand? <laughs> yes, right. But how incredible to be raising children
1: who have that voice, who feel oh, yeah. free and safe enough to really speak their mind, even if it's, Kind of rude sometimes, you know, but but they do. And I think that's, I don't know, one of the metrics of how is your kid doing when you're feeling anxious? Do they have a voice? Can they speak their mind? Can they tell you what they really feel unedited, not being polite and good, good, little good boy and good girl and good kid? No, but to actually speak their truth, then, you know, you're doing a good job. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so good.
0: Oh, Cheryl, this was so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, thank you, Michelle. I adore you. I adore thank what you're you. putting out into the I world. Do too. Every so time cool I read your posts, here. I'm like, oh yes. Me, me too. See, you me see too. me. You see me. You see me. You see me. <laughs> thank you completely. For yes. Completely. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, will you tell people where they can find you and just tell them what you do, what who you
1: are. Sure. Um, so like you said, I'm on Instagram at wisdom of anxiety. Um, my website is conscious-transitions.com. My book is The Wisdom of Anxiety and there is a chapter at the end of the book on parenting. And I've kept a blog every week since my son was younger son was six months old. So mm. over 13 years. And there's lots of posts in there, especially the early ones about my parenting journey and guiding them through their anxieties and fear of the dark and sleep stuff. And so there's a lot there on exactly uh, all of this stuff awesome. on parenting.
0: Good for you. Oh my gosh, that's a dedication.
1: Yes, yes, it has been. Yeah, I, I don't think I've missed a single week. It's just become wow. a part of my life. It's been good for a, you. a practice.
0: And yeah, wow, thank you. Good. Thank yeah, good, good, good. Okay, well, thank you everybody for joining us on the Peace and Parenting podcast and a special thank you to Cheryl and we'll see you guys next time.